0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soul Quest.
1: I am Sharon Hudson, teacher and life coach based out of Austin, Texas.
0: And I am Cisco Naira, a personal trainer based out of Houston, Texas. And we are on a journey to discover other people's quest in life.
1: Each episode, we will speak to each other and people of interest about life lessons, love, faith, faith passion, honesty,
0: and authenticity as we continue to seek the truth in our soul's mission in this life.
1: So join us and discover new ways of living through conversations that inspire your soul.
0: It is your soul that leads you in life.
1: Hello, welcome to episode 4 of season 2 of, of Soul Quest. A soul Quest. We just wanted to Uh, Say a few words before you listen to our Thanksgiving episode Yes
0: Uh, I actually wanted to warn you about the F-bombs That I threw I threw (laughs) maybe a handful of them while we were talking We just got done eating Thanksgiving dinner And I also want to apologize for my All over the place I was kind of all over the place about
1: (laughs) It's no need to apologize
0: This and that and that and this I wasn't making sense I heard it and then I was just like Oh my god it didn't make sense when I said that So
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well it's very entertaining I think you will think um interesting things we talked about we were pretty passionate um but yeah we weren't calling anybody out we were yeah we were talking about ourselves as well and the issues that we have so yes we're all in this together
0: yes and we hope you enjoy this episode thank you
1: hey everyone thank you for joining us on this episode of soul quest it's just Cisco and I today in
0: season two how you doing guys
1: so we um, were having some meaningful conversations, and of course, as always, we thought we should put our mics on, and here we are. Of course, and
0: today <laughs> is um, November 25th, Thanksgiving Day, and we are actually hanging out. And grateful sharing, to be with each other. Grateful to be with each other, and being grateful for the things that, um, that we have right now, even though times are very strange,
1: Yes. <laughs> you know, very strange, but, um, we were trying to figure out what to um, podcast about and then we just started getting into these deep conversations and so we thought we'd throw these mics on, so here we go, we're yeah, talking here about we go. our first topic uh, is parenting uh, because we were talking about, um, growing up and how we were parented and then how we're parenting our kids now and, how parenting has evolved from the days that we were kids, and um, how about you? How were so? How were you parented? You were, you were spanked. We were talking about being yeah, spanked. being spanked yeah. and being like,
0: like how this whole evolution of of how uh, our generation. Uh, I I I kind of don't like to use that whole thing of generation blah blah blah, but I mean we are Generation X. You and I like, are we? Yeah, that's what we are. We're Generation X, but we were talking about how we are the last generation of like really worth ethic uh, American. Remember how how did I say it? American
1: authoritative. Yeah, yeah.
0: like how Americans should be should be the oh, yeah. best of everything they <clears throat> yeah. do. Like right. so much. Everybody needs and pride. to
1: listen and do what they're told. Yes, and yeah, exactly.
0: But how from our generation to the next generations things just started evolving and like
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: parents got more involved and you shouldn't spank your kid like now we're in a society where you can't really say anything yeah. without someone getting seriously offended
1: yeah
0: w- without hearing like not just one or two sides you hear like one two three four sides of mm-hmm. like everything so
1: yeah.
0: Parenting has is is, is is evolved tremendously over the past thirty years. Yeah. And and then we now have spawned these uh millennials and the new generation of kids Yeah, and, like, and some people just different. Some people
1: of, say um about millennials and sometimes how they whine and are spoiled or something that they're not because they weren't parented, right? Or they they weren't Spaked or you know they weren't having that authoritative parenting
0: of course you know I, I this is my theory on that because as as us being that generation born in the the seventies in the eighties that we were always told to be the best and the number one in everything we do because we're fucking Americans right yeah and I, and I stress that. So, we were so involved in our own thing, you know what I'm saying? Our parents were so involved in our own thing at at times that they didn't pay attention to us. So, like, our kids, us as kids, some of us, we're that generation that parents were starting to get divorced at a higher rate, that, like, Mm -hmm. kids were neglected. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Or they were disciplined at moments of time, whether they got spankings or slappings or whatever, that our generation said well i'm not doing that to my kid anymore right like i'm not going right. to discipline, neglect me and then you try to step in for five minutes and then like discipline me right. and tell me what to do but then
1: we have the other there's a lot of people that want to keep up that ritual of, of course discipline. so we were so talking about you, that earlier how were you disciplined
0: as a my my dad spanked me and my mom threw chanclas and shoes at me, you know. Like if I, it, but like I was laughing when, when I made my mom upset, and like I was like yeah. laughing. And my mom would come out and like pull out her yeah. chancela <laughs> or shoe and just throw it at me, and like it would hit the wall. I would duck, and it would hit the wall, and me and my brother would be laughing, you know.
1: Oh my gosh! So, for you know, those like, of you
0: in the Hispanic community, like you guys can you know, understand I, what i and I, when
1: I'm listening to you, I'm re- thinking of myself as a parent. Like I can put myself in the shoes of a kid and a parent at that point. And as a parent, your ego comes out. When your kid is laughing at you when you're trying to discipline them, your ego comes out and you don't know what oh, else yeah. to do. yeah.
0: You're, you're living. You're just
1: like, no, you listen to me right now. I'm the parent. You're the child. But as children, how did you feel when your parents were spanking you and stuff, like whipping you? I okay. was whipped. I wasn't really spanked. I was whipped with a belt. I mean...
0: Yeah. And I got hit with a belt. My... You know, several times a bunch of times and i got slapped in the face a couple of times by my dad for you know disrespecting and you know my whole thing about respect like that's another topic Yeah, i don't like, that word. Mm-hmm. I don't like that word like it because goes somebody, back from generation
1: with you it's, yeah, yeah
0: like i don't i don't feel anyone's in i really don't i don't feel anyone's entitled to respect and that's just the way i feel like you are who you are
1: I, kind, I don't, I don't, kindness. You, I
0: grew up that way though. Like, yeah. I felt like of whatever I did for you know, in my 20s, like, if I, I felt like that whole time, like, re- respect should be due, but I was just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I I do what yeah. I want to do, and if you take to it, then take to it. Like, I'm not gonna ask for respect, yeah. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, like, I know. I just what? don't think that's right. That's like a
1: we're oh, going on a tangent here, we but are, I'm but, just saying yeah. <laughs> the whole respect thing, I think, with you is that somebody abused that word with you. They
0: did. And they did. They, they I've used had it in a, in
1: a way that made you feel like they were better than you. So
0: Exactly. when people, I've had several people saying, I deserve the respect. Yeah, yeah. I get respect. I need yeah, my... Yeah. I was like, so that, that I can, get out of here with that. And
1: I feel like I can understand where you're coming from because I feel like I... You know, I kind of, I don't think I, my parents ever said that to me, but I feel like they, you know, like, it was all about respect to them, and if I disrespected them by talking back or something, they would get so pissed off at me. But at the same time, it was like I needed more from them um, yeah. that I wasn't getting. But, yeah, I was spanked, too, and I remember feeling very fear fearful, you know? So I just don't feel like... Um,
0: it's like almost an spanking indentation. Spanking
1: to induce fear to keep somebody from doing something is really going to help them to really learn anything. All I learned was to be scared for my of my parents and not tell them anything. That's what I learned. I didn't learn... I don't even know what they were spanking me about. I mean, one time when I was a teen and I was trying to leave the house, um, that was my dad spanked me. Uh, he They were really mad at me. I mean, yeah, I was trying to... But they weren't understanding me. They weren't taking the time to sit down and talk to me. And You know, I
0: now that i'm I mean I'm, I'm i'm older like i believe conversation and and options yeah. of, of of like trying to say right. hey if you do this this could happen but if you do this yeah this could happen too
1: that didn't happen back this then.
0: this <laughs> this is the line here right do you want to or actually i'm sorry there's a line and it's divided into a Y and that line is the line you're running if you jump on this line of the y or jump on this there's consequences on both sides right so like
1: right and I mean, that's the try great.
0: that's a try i i try to teach my kids you you can do this but you can face this consequence yeah and you can do this you can walk this line and you're going to face this consequence too yeah you got to be place. optimistic you know what i'm saying letting them
1: like, think about it themselves and yeah, make their own decisions what i'm saying you have to do this you know like yeah
0: that authoritative yeah. you know kind of saying like
1: don't do this yeah. you
0: know don't do yeah. it you better not you know like, yeah
1: it just is not i don't think that
0: fighting fire with fire <laughs> right just leads to more fire and i know i've seen that because i mean i i i okay as, as a parent, I have a, fa- right? a parent of mm-hmm. two And I have a 23-year-old and a 16-year-old, like, man, dude, like, I did have some fire with my, you know, when she was 14, there was fire.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, I remember, okay, we talked about, like, I spanked my, my, my daughter one time. Both kids got one spanking from me, and that was it. I never spanked him again. Never. Because I just...
1: You didn't like the way you felt, right? I, I did not feel good. Yeah. So what I spanked the,
0: the first kid. Because you like, felt like you were trying to good.
1: control them, and you knew that was wrong.
0: And I, I after I spanked her, I never spanked her again. And then we just exchanged verbal fire to fire. Yeah. And then, like, as I got older, like... Then you
1: realize like, that felt I bad yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So then my youngest, like, at the same time when she was little, I remember she was like five, and she did something that... I told her not to do. Of course, that whole thing, you tell them not to do, not to do, and they do it. And they're like,
1: I told you not to do
0: that. Pop. And I popped her. And she got scared after that. You know, we were talking about the whole... And
1: what did it feel like to see your kids fear I don't want that. Because, like,
0: that's just that... Dude, if you take it back to, like, the history of the, you know, the 60s, the 50s, the 40s, that was authoritative. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how parents discipline their kids. Because I have clients who I've had deep conversations with them in their childhood and they were born in the 50s and grew up or they were born in the 40s and 50s and grew up and they were like man I would never say anything that my dad would backhand me and beat me with a fucking belt like you know yeah
1: and because so many people in older generations (laughs) believe that's the way to discipline kids and now they're thinking that's what's wrong with the world is people don't they're not controlling their kids. They're not spanking them. They're not putting fear in them. That, that's not... There's a
0: lot of memes online I know, about but that. But that's
1: not what's wrong. That's not what's wrong. Like, this is the this is the world evolving. And the world's going to change. And people are going to change. And exactly. We're, lear- we're learning it. different ways to deal with... Yeah. And everybody... Every kid is going to be different. But every I, kid. I feel like putting fear... In Into anybody. ...is, is going to cause a problem later on.
0: Because what's the whole thing that actually... People of inspirational, you know. People are always talking about fear, nothing, fear. You know, don't fear this, don't fear that. Right. You know, let lose go the fear. fear, let go of fear.
1: But then, and we both know, know we struggle them. with, with <laughs> yeah. some
0: things about that too. Yeah.
1: And parents want to put fear in their kid.
0: But it's almost an indoc like an indoctrination. Uh, is that even a word? <laughs> like you indoctr- um, indoctrin doctrine. I don't indoctrin. <laughs> you indoctrine <laughs> your children at a young age, and I've seen End that into
1: feeling fear.
0: Exactly, yeah, you're right. And like my mother did that to me. Like she. Oh, don't go there! You're gonna get murdered. Don't go there. Ride, yeah, you get, you know. Oh no, don't do that. Yeah. Oh, you're (laughs) gonna get, you know, killed if you do that. Yeah, that was my
1: mom too. And she did actually put some fear in me. I feel like a lot of my worry and fears do come from that. that upbringing because she did always tell me and I always had to check in with her but
0: that's that whole thing of teaching generation to generation and then that it becomes a tradition of learning yeah because and it's nonchalant though
1: like
0: it's not really thought process like some of the some of like they say some of the great minds of this uh, generation of uh, I mean Frederick and and the famous psychologists who actually changed s- uh darwinism oh. and and uh I'm cool. sorry I just can't think of the Pablo? Pablo.
1: Okay. Anyway, uh, well <laughs> the
0: great minds of psychology if those listening you know who they are. So, but like those guys changed the evolution of how human mankind has has come about. Mm-hmm. But then we're living off of these people who wrote these books from like the 1700s, 1800s. But then, if you want to go back to like Greek mythology, where you know they were writing all about uh, so crazy. We're going so, back there, you know. Like,
1: we are, lo- I mean, all of us that are like living in the personal development, uh, spiritual growth kind of world, we are realizing that um, we're going back to what we are, were originally taught back. In the ancient days you know that our heart really does lead us the right way not the mind you know like growing up you were told listen to your you know listen to your mind not your heart your heart's going to get you in trouble
0: well there's one thing that you brought up to me and i think i'm going to get it tattooed on my forearm right here but live in the moment
1: and that, that
0: like if you yeah. don't live... Well, I'm not saying as a, a child, you know, adolescent. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of adolescents, they live in the moment. We were talking about that. Yeah. The kids the kid. were laughing in the backyard. I was yeah. like, oh my God. They might fall down, hurt themselves, yeah. and scratch. But then they get right back up and they're just living in the moment like nothing. Yeah. And then you said, if we were grown-ups and we fall and break our arm yeah. or sprain our ankle, we we're miserable day. all day. Yeah, yeah. We're miserable But kids,
1: like, get over it. They're so resilient because they their brain waves. You know, they're young until like about eight, seven or eight. Their brain waves are different than ours, so yeah, they're living more in the moment. And, and so I love that. That's when they start when they're eight, nine, ten. They they're aware of their emotions, and that's when parents start noticing. Oh, what's going in on their, here? Their like, emo- is they're, yeah, their personal they're more yeah. yeah, so that's when I I get calls from a lot of parents is around that age.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's a good time to give.
1: They need know, some feedback. They need some guidance. Guidance, yeah. Yeah. With their emotions, because they don't no, know about it. Yeah. They're not. They're not there yet.
0: And a lot of parents, I'll tell you right now. Like, I didn't grow up with my mom and dad telling me a lot of their emotional state I as didn't a child. Either. Like, I know. So like, I just
1: felt it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There was so a lot. Like of anger. my,
0: I do that to epiphany from time to time. Mm-hmm. It's like when I was this age, this is what I, you know, was going through, and blah blah blah. My mom and dad never, I don't know a fucking thing about know, them when they were too, kids, yeah. you know? And I'm like, this is part of like DNA, like how things are, cycles are repeated, yeah. you know? And this leads to kind of the, the topic. But we, we,
1: I feel like we're changing the cycle. We are. Something has really opened up a lot of people in our generation at this point in time and we're, we're going through a new paradigm which is supposed to happen in 2027 seven years from now the whole world is going to be it's shifted the aliens are going to come shifted. out the <laughs> aliens are going to come down and like shift us and the we're all going to be people. doing things we love and <laughs> we'll talk more about that in another paradigm on yeah. another podcast but anyway um uh yeah so what was I saying <laughs> <laughs> Who we're They're shifting, shifting our, our generation. A lot of us have shifted already and seeing what didn't work for us as kids. And we don't want to do that. You're so with, right. Like I was saying with Millie, I never have spanked her. There's been some times where I wanted like I my ego was coming out and I was like, you don't talk to me like that. You know, like, but I've never raised my voice like my my mom or dad did to me. Mm-hmm. And when I do raise my voice just a little, she freaks out. You know, she's just like, Oh, you know, like, Oh my god, what did I do? You know what? And she gets she her ego comes out and she is just very doesn't want to talk to me about it. She just whines and cries and and I'm like, Okay, I gotta I gotta meet her where she is and talk to her about this. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, Stop, stop, you know, don't cry. And sometimes I find myself I'll say that, don't cry, like, why are you crying? And then I have to stop myself and say, Wait, she's crying for a reason and I really need to figure out what this is. As a as a child i I really didn't get that, so I really want to give that to her and so I feel like there's a shift in a lot of us, our age as parents
0: that that's the logical way of thinking of it, but yeah. like art, like remember I was saying our generation grew up with the spanking and all that. Yeah. so like I see my my friends on Instagram and Facebook like they post these memes and I'm like hip hey, up. Well, if I would have did that, I would have beat my kid or spanked my kid or, you know, there's these memes that say things yeah. about, but when we were kids, we would have got beat, spanked or yeah. like popped or whatever. I was like, dude, and like, look at the majority of us are alcoholics or like in fucking jail in prison, you know, like there's just <laughs> these, all these, these things of like defiant children. Like the, like we were, we grew up. Also, too, to be very defiant as we are changing, you know. What I'm saying like I that's think it's the a paradigm. good
1: point. I, I don't know. I can't speak outside Eisenhower High School, but I mean, a lot of those kids, us, a lot of kids around us, were were being parented that way, and a lot of those kids are struggling today exactly. as adults.
0: Exactly. And alcohol. And I, I, I mean, not saying, but I, mean, they, I lived a good life. My parents treated me right. I might've caught a whooping. I might've caught a, a slapping. I love my mom and dad. Yeah, they no, did I'm, the yeah. best thing. Like, I, I wish I can hug. <laughs> I have not hugged my parents <laughs> since the beginning of COVID. I know. I know like, I just want to that. be like, oh my God, thank you so much.
1: You know? I, my parents were great to me too. Um, yeah. I'm not saying, dog, I, they did the best they could for sure. And I mean... Growing up in the society, like back then, there was a lot more pressure to be perfect and like make money, and you know, like oh, now yeah. as us, we know that making money. Hell, isn't I'm struggling make now. <laughs> we know, but we know that even making money isn't going to make us happy, and we're really about making right. money doing something we love. Like my my dad, you know, he made, you know, he was good. Like he worked hard to get a college degree, and then working was hard for him he worked his way up and like made money, good money. Like we made our way in life and he did great for our family and I was really taken care of and they never treated me bad or anything. Like I'm very thankful that I really had a good life. Um, But there were some things missing as I, as I'm a parent and I can look back and say, okay, there were some things missing. I didn't feel accepted a lot. I felt judged a lot. I just needed a lot. I needed to be talked to more instead of yelled at. So um, not dogging my parents in any way, if you're listening, mom and dad. <laughs> but um, you did the best you could, and I know that. Um, but I know there's something more that I needed, and I want to make sure I give that to Millie. And she's such a good kid, so I'm really lucky. I, I could be saying something totally different if she was a bad kid. I guess, like, uh, uh, she was a defiant kid. Epiphany. <laughs>
0: epiphany is also too she's a fucking like sometimes I think she is a saint I'm Mm -hmm. like dude you're so good I mean she might be mischievous here and there but nothing like Island, I love you too man girl we (laughs) you threw blows at me like yeah and you just like did all kinds of things that was very defined I
1: feel and when we're whenever you talk to me about the difference there I mean of course different people are gonna have different lives and different ways of living and but I feel like maybe epiphany being in homeschool has helped with that situation. Yeah. Because I feel like when you when you get to the age of 14, 15, 16, like you really want to be with your friends and you want to do you want to go out with your you know, like with me. It's like my friends never had a curfew. My parents gave me a curfew, so I would always just sneak out or just be late or so I was bad in that way. Uh, your friends really do have a lot of influence over you so when you're going to school that's a big thing for kids. Anyway, we're getting on a tangent. But um, <laughs> what we're saying is, let's, let's go All right, to our next let, topic. Let's,
0: let's, no, let's bring a, a, bring a, a conclusion, conclusion on parenting. parenting. What we're concluding
1: so. is that we've evolved as people and we learn from um, how we were parented and things that we're missing and how we want to bring that into our raising of our kids and how we still do make mistakes because we have the patterns of what our teachers I mean, our parents have taught us, um, but we learn from it when we break the patterns. I and mean, we, like you, spanked. You said you spanked once, and you were like, "I spanked you never Epiphany did it again. once, and I spanked." You were Eisen probably once like, and "Okay, I never did it again." This was how I was raised. But is this how, is this how I want to raise my kids? No. Okay, so yeah. I learned from it, I mean, yeah. go on.
0: You're, you're right. You do. I, I think it's it should be more from a. a It could be philosophical. It could be, you know, you always got to be optimistic and and give different doors, different avenues. And I grew up that way, too, because I had three great mentors growing up. My father, my first boss, and my dad's best friend. Like, they actually... I spent... A lot of time with it when I was a kid I hung out with people that were older than me for mm-hmm. some reason like I was just like maybe an old soul that just connected with their soul and mm-hmm. I was just like I mean I hung out with my friends but my friends hung out with their us mm-hmm. but like for me like I hung out with my dad and these older people because yeah. I I feel like I wanted to learn more even though I've made a ton of mistakes in my life and they they've warned me about those mistakes they they let me know
1: that I and was. And you remember like, those warnings. And I
0: remember those warnings, but and I still, still had, took those you chances. You still had to live
1: on your own. I still
0: had to learn. live on, and I made those mistakes.
1: Yeah.
0: And I was like, this this what is what all these these three men were telling me yeah. about.
1: Yeah. And I think there's going to be some personalities that will learn from things they've heard. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like the men telling you like don't do this or whatever. And you, there's going to be some personalities are like, oh yeah, okay, I'm scared, I'm not going to do that. But then there's going to be others that are like, well, let me just test and see. I mean, it might be different for me. You it's
0: cool know. to test waters. That's like a very, like, say, oh, test the waters out, find out, you know, go to college, you know, test yeah. the water. You know, some you people to go experiment. to college, they drop out. Some people go to college, get a girl pregnant. Some people go to college and become a whatever, a drug addict. And whatever alcoholic. happens you know. is
1: there for a lesson, and mm. that's just how it is. Like, we, there's it is some...
0: With, what I don't understand is, like, people sometimes don't get the get the lesson and they have to keep repeating and they repeat the lesson sometimes
1: well you know what there's a lot of people and i know at that age in my early 20s i didn't know that i was getting a lesson over and over until i was in my 30s and i was like oh okay this has been a repetitive pattern for me okay now i need to stop the pattern (laughs) so i think when you're in your twenties, you don't realize like, hey, you don't. You're there invincible.
0: Are, there yeah. are a
1: lot of twenty-something-year-olds that I'm telling you, like I follow, I listen to their podcast, and I'm amazed at how
0: dude, you tell me about those girls. You send them are. to me sometimes. I'm just I, like, These what? girls are just like on another They're level. They're twenty-nine. Though. But they you just, know what? Maybe they had parenting that gave them. I'm or maybe better.
1: it was just meant for these, this, that generation to be more evolved for the but new paradigm that's coming in 20, 20 You're right, you're right, because
0: <laughs> things are shifting. People, things have shifted, yeah. Things have shifted tremendously over the past yeah. four or five years.
1: In so many ways. I mean, not just parenting, all kinds of things. Yeah. But, okay, so, all right. Or Anything sure. else you want to say about parenting? We're going to move on to our next uh, subject.
0: Parenting, <laughs> uh, last word for me is just uh, be nice to your kids. Discipline your kids in a very logical, sensible way. Give them, give them understanding. That is the that is the main word. Love your kids, but be give them ultimatums, choices. You know, don't just say this has to be that way. You're going to grow up, and you're going to be because I experienced. And I'm just going to tell you, I experienced this about a, a couple weeks ago. That one of a, fr- a family friend said something about this is my kid the kid was like four years old and like my kid's gonna grow up to be this way and that way and I was like oh my god you're indoctrinating this kid mm. to be a certain way this kid has to grow and be its own yeah yeah. You know i exactly. like you don't force you have to let anything. your kid have
1: freedom to to grow into who they're supposed to be
0: and I don't mm, whether that's religion whether that's politics whether that's this or that that this but let your kid because i know i grew up we're to not, be somebody different from my parents right way of thinking.
1: we're not here to um control our kids and make them to who we want them to be yeah. do we're, we're here no. to guide them and keep them safe until 18 and then they're on their own to explore the world and become who they're meant to be hey
0: so. I, I used to tell eisen this when she was a kid i'd say eisen when you turn 18 when you turn 18 you're on your own dude and I told Epiphany that two weeks ago and Epiphany looked at me like, Oh you know, I was like
1: <laughs> two like, years away. <laughs> I know, I was like, when you
0: turn eighteen, Epiphany, like you're on your own. Like
1: You're there as a guidance still. Like, but like I mean been, she can choose her own her own And I tell Millie that too. Like when you're eighteen, she's like, I'm no I don't ever want to be eighteen. I'm like, when you're eighteen you can choose who you wanna vote for, you know, presidency, who you wanna what religion you wanna be if you wanna be in religion. You know, yeah. like you're Able to choose, you're still able to choose right now. What do you want to believe, actually? Because yeah, I'm not forcing anything yeah. on you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't
0: have to be till you turn 18.
1: It, does, it can be now. Yeah.
0: And and as a parent, you need to respect your kid. Oh,
1: and here I go with
0: that whole respect thing. How I feel. You need to actually understand yes. what your kid is trying to tell you. Because yeah, don't don't don't. Like I said, I have a hard time with the word respect.
1: We're here to. Like, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's that parenting lady? I can't remember her name right now, but she's all about, like, we're here to da- do a dance with our kid. You know, we're here to dance in the universe with our kid. Like, we're dancing around them. We're not trying to control them. We're here to to learn from okay. each other.
0: I'll right. rephrase what I just said. I, I did say the word, you need to respect your child. <laughs> you need to understand your child's, oh your child's understanding. Okay. Because Epiphany has blown my mind in the last couple mm. years. Like, I've heard her have conversations with other people. And I'm like, yes. Like, <laughs> I, I was very proud of yeah. her for standing Aww. up. And, like, you know, some kid was her trying to tell. Her some kid was try, Her cousin was trying to tell her one thing. And she was like, uh-uh. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't believe in what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to follow you. Yeah. I'm my own self. This is what I believe. I'm independent. Mm-hmm. And I I love that. Independency. Mm-hmm. Okay. Codependency is another thing. You know, we can go there, too, because people are very codependent. That's another topic to actually okay. talk about. Well,
1: that kind of leads into our next uh, Okay, so uh, topic, we're at the 30-minute
0: okay. mark. Attachment. Uh, right now. Attachments. Okay, so yeah. we
1: were going to talk about attachment because we were talking about... Um, Well, I think I was telling you the story of like in my 20s when I had a severe OCD about fire. And um, I was attached and a a controlling, it's kind of going on, it kind of goes with control. Like I, I had pets and I didn't want to leave. I felt out of control when I would leave my house with my pets. And I thought the only thing that could happen to them would be a fire. And so all of a sudden I had this, this anxiety about fire happening while I was gone. And so I would take my iron and I would check my, I took my iron and my hair iron into my car every time I left the house. And also actually my iron and my hair iron just lived in my car until I needed it. And then I would check my stove over and over and over. And one day, I mean, I was late to everything. And then one day I was like an hour late to meet my boyfriend at the time. And he was so pissed off at me. So that's when I knew I had a problem. And um, I think that was attachment to my pets, you know, as my they were my kids. I didn't have any kids. So that was attachment to my pets that I was dealing with, anxiety. And so I had to get on medication for a while for that. So um, you were talking about, you have attachments.
0: I was. I did have attachments to objects Mm -hmm. as a kid. It started young uh, because I grew up in a three-bedroom house and there were six of us in the house. So, uh, I got a brother and a couple sisters, and, like, we were supposed to throw all of our laundry in, you know, one basket when we took a shower. But then, like, when all the laundry got washed and all that, like, I never got everything back. You know, things were missing. I was like, oh, my God. It's like, where's my socks? Where's my underwear? Like, so that actually, when I became, like, 10 or 11, I started washing my own laundry. You know, like, I would... My mom would say, put your stuff in laundry. I would like take my own laundry, put it in a certain section and wash it myself. Like I learned how to use the washing machine when I was like 10 or 11 because I did not want separation. I had my attachments to things. So like, fast forward into the future, <laughs> like I had these attachments to clothing, to things that I own. Like I would count things. Like it was, it was an OCD. Definitely was. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I counted like how many socks I had, how many how many underwear I had, and it came down like even to how many workout shirts I had because like I worked out every day. Like I would change a, a fresh shirt every day because mm-hmm. I didn't want to wash clothes mm-hmm. like once a week. So I, man, I'd bought like thirty workout shirts so I can wear one every day, and then there were sometimes I'd have to change multiple times in one day because I would like get soaking wet and sweat in one workout shirt and then go home take a shower and then get into some other workout so like I knew how many things I had and I would count it and I was an attachment to like the objects yeah that I'm older now like I mean a few years older from that like <laughs> I've learned to be like man just let that shit go you know yeah. you have what you have and you know
1: Sometimes socks disappear. The mysterious. They do. And you just. Yeah. And I told you. We were talking about
0: the whole fork thing that I had.
1: And then, yeah, you're missing a fork.
0: (laughs) I'm missing a fork. Like, that's how OCD it was. Like, I bought a set of three, three forks, three spoons, three butter knives. I thought it was four. Or four. Yeah. Four, four spoons, four forks, four butter knives. (laughs) And, like, I knew what I had because I lived by myself. And then I had a couple of parties, a couple of get-togethers, get-togethers, and I cooked and everything. And then one, I was doing dishes, and one was missing. And it was, like, mind-boggling to me. I was like, where's the fourth fort? Like, <laughs> And I was like, where is it? Like, I, you know, it was here before. Like, And I guess know, that's there.
1: how you can get when you know the number of things you have. Yeah. Like, and, I have so many books right now, I wouldn't even know if someone got... I know, really you attracted. You
0: just, like, threw a whole bunch at me <laughs> last week. <laughs> You're like, here, take these. I have these. so many that I'm
1: going crazy. Yeah. But um, that's attachment to your the- material things. Yeah. And, and, like, I was telling you I'm attached to my books. And oh, I know yeah. who, okay, so I know who I've lent them to. And there's been a couple that I haven't gotten back. And I know who has them, but I haven't... I've been really practicing, like, unattachment an and being like, you know, that person needs that book that book wasn't meant to come back to me for some reason um but i don't lend my books out a lot because i know that sometimes i won't come back and so i'm attached to my books
0: and i can understand that and i'll rewind i'll go back to how childhood experiences make who you are mm-hmm. which it, they can be subconscious you know and make you who you are today and for those of you who are listening please think about who you are today because something happened to you as a kid.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: You know, whether it was someone, you know, took something of yours, and I don't like to talk about this subject at all, uh, molestation, I I know a lot of people deal with that, and they trust issues with people and their family members or friends of family, like... And it makes you who you are today because... But then it's also subconsciously, like, you just... Mm -hmm it's just embedded into your head that you just like, you yes. you just, you put up the fucking wall and like for people who come into your life. And I've met people like that. Like I already, I meet them and I get in tune with them. And when I get in tune with them, I see the barrier of the wall come up. I was like, Ooh, something happened to you as a kid. Not that I'm a psychologist or a psychotherapist or, just, you know, but I can see those things because I know things happen to me and how I'm so in tune with those attachments of okay so like when I was a kid my 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 mom like at least I don't know when my dad got paid every two weeks or uh, maybe once a month maybe once every two months I, don't, I can't remember my mom would take me to Toys R Us or uh what's it KB Toys back in do you remember that toy store KB Toys and uh she would, uh, me and my brother were allowed to get one action figure, one action figure. So I I would buy a He-Man toy and uh, my brother would get a G.I. Joe. And like I kind of collected over the, you know, a couple of months, I collected these toys and uh, I always knew what I had. Uh, I knew all the toys I had, I knew all the weapons, the accessories they came with, and I kept it. Because my mom and dad constantly told me that I had to take care of my things. Take care of your things. You know, if you let someone borrow it, make sure they return it the way they bring it back to you. And I'll never forget when I was in fourth grade, I collected this whole Voltron. For those of you who know about Voltron, uh... It took me like six months to like get the legs, both the left right leg, the torso, the left and right arm. Uh, And when I got it, it was complete. I had the whole Voltron thing. It took like six months to get it. And then my friend said, hey, let me borrow that and I'll let you borrow this giant transformer. And I was like, cool. And I let him borrow it. And he had it for like two or three days. And I was like, hey, man, where's my Voltron? And he's like, oh, man, I'll bring it back to you. He brought it back to me out of the five pieces. One piece was missing, and then other pieces were broke. And he goes, oh, my little brother and sisters got a hold of it and broke it. And after that, I was like, I ain't letting nobody borrow my stuff anymore. Like, I was in fourth grade. But that was a subconscious thing that carried with me for the rest of my life. You know what?
1: It's interesting about Millie. She doesn't like anybody to borrow... Anything uh, of hers. Yeah. And I'm wondering if I gave that to her. Because yeah. I don't think You might have. Anything that
0: Subconsciously. You know, like, you just didn't yeah. think about it. But you're like, oh.
1: It's really hard. And if you, like, can you let somebody borrow your jacket? Or can somebody borrow this? She's like, oh. She gets real scared. Like, she does not. She doesn't want to take her toys anywhere because she doesn't want anybody to, to take, take them her. or mess with them or anything. Hey,
0: but, I mean, if we could talk about this, I'm sure there's millions of people who dealt with the same thing. Oh, yeah. You know I'm what sure. I'm saying? So I'm if sure. you're listening, this is real Attachment. S- attachment things that we and deal with as we grow people, up. People.
1: We get attached to people too. Uh, uh, yeah. so uh, we were Buddha has a um a quote the root of suffering is attachment. And so well, aren't we all attached to something? I mean I feel like yeah, I'm attached to my books. I'm attached to my. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cisco's taking a bathroom break, and I, I'm not. He he can, he can talk a lot without me here. But for me, I'm not being here for some reason. I'm lost. Okay, so um, I'm attached to my books. Um, I'm attached. I'm actually attached, and I'm attached to my pets and my my daughter, of course. I'm a little attached to Cisco, so. Um, Where we're talking about like, how do you, how are you in a relationship and not attached to the person, the other person, and still having like a loving, growing relationship? I don't, I haven't really figured that out yet. Um, I did actually have a book. um, But I actually, I I lent it to um, Hannah. I need to ask her if she still has it. Um, It's a book about um, relationships Um, Based on Buddhism Like living in a relationship Based on Buddhism And the non-attachment of it And stuff But I can't really remember What it said about it But I think When we're not as attached to people We don't feel like We have to control them as much I think like You and I living in a different city Helps with that non-attachment
0: I think it really does To be honest To have
1: our own space and stuff But when you're in each other's space And living together Then that's when the attachment Gets real bad
0: You're right. And, like, I've heard different podcasts and, well, about people with long-distance relationships and how two people – don't get me wrong. Like, I, you know, when I see you, I just want to – actually, I want to see you more, you know?
1: (laughs) And same 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 here. But at this point, we can't, so.
0: We can't, and we both have our own lives. Like, you know, you – you're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing and but I mean we we make time for each other every day. We do. We do. Every day.
1: Yeah, and it, and I feel like I mean going into whole relationships like I feel like what really is the key to a relationship is having time apart and we have had a forced time apart. If we had lived in the same city and started a relationship, we probably wouldn't have lasted this long because we would have moved too fast or we would have been attached too fast yeah i think i got attached to you way before you got attached to me so um but it was good that you weren't so attached to me because it helped me kind of pull back a little and be like yeah this is good for us like we just got divorced and we don't need to be Jumping in anything, into anything anyway. And that happens a lot. And a lot of people <laughs> I've got seen divorced people the who same year divorced, we did. get divorced, they get remarried, <laughs> remarried <laughs> within six months. I know. I'm like, geez, Louise, you and couldn't be you by know, yourself. I'm not, we're not here to judge them. Yeah, we're everybody's, not. They're not. Everybody's got a different way of they're supposed to live. But for us, we both came into this and like, that, we're never getting married again. We're like, we were very independent people and we still are. Yes. And so I feel like that helps us stay in love. Like we still are so giddy and I and it's two years later. So. And you know
0: what that's to be honest, if you ask anybody and this is if anyone who's listening out there, the best part of every and I stress this, fucking relationship is the beginning.
1: Yeah, and we we Because that's usually, why that
0: what makes people want to Oh, and I got to marry this girl. Oh, but, I got to marry this guy. And the, a, beginning we've prolonged just, the beginning is And we prolong
1: the beginning. And that's the key. There's so many people, like the beginning, like the, oh, you know, and I I told you about this podcast uh, with uh, Bruce Lipton when he talks about like in the relationship where at the beginning you're in the honeymoon phase and you're living in the moment. This is your true self. When you're living in the moment and you're in love, this is when your true self actually comes out. And then after the honeymoon phase, when you're not so in love anymore, you're still, you love each other, but you're not feeling that, oh my God, I'm so in love feeling, all the patterns start coming in. Those patterns really aren't your true self. Those are just patterns you picked up as a, a kid. Your true yeah. self is in love, what you feel like when you're in love. And so when you're able to prolong that in a relationship by not jumping in and getting so serious so soon, you're really helping your relationship. Like You're prolonging that honeymoon phase the longest but, you can.
0: But like I said, that... And- I've been there, and I'm sure everyone's been there, and that's why, like, some people yeah, get married no. so quick because they're just like...
1: I, I want to feel this every day. Energy. I love that energy. Yeah, <laughs> that every day
0: ends, like, after three months or after the honeymoon period or after the first kid or whatever, but...
1: Yeah.
0: Don't get me wrong. There's people who's been able to make it happen for years and decades. Yeah, you're right. Even though if they not, put up what each other... Like, every
1: is different, but I'm just saying, in, my, in our experience... So
0: this this is actually... a something I wanted to bring up on the attachments, too. There was a movie that I saw. It was called The Silver Linings. Uh, what
1: was Playbook? it Playbook? Playbook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good movie. Oh,
0: my God. I can see why that movie won so many awards. Because I felt like I was Robert De Niro in that movie. And he was a guy that he was a bookie. So, like, you know, he yeah. had all these envelopes of people he had to pay out and like and and this was like the most vibrant scene that i was like oh my god that's me like he had everything coordinated you know and this and that and then one day he was counting everything out of his envelopes and one number was off and he lost his shit and like his wife was like, yeah
1: i remember that yeah
0: i took it out i'm sorry like and then like he was like why did you do that he started flipping out because Mm -hmm. he was so ocd yeah but then like his that was with his that was his attachment like mm-hmm. his number you know envelopes but then his wife had dealt with his attachments her whole life living with him you know what I'm saying like you people tend to adapt and yeah. a, adopt to those attachments and change and,
1: their life and then they change yeah. their lives
0: for it yeah so like I mean we definitely know some people who have done you know those yeah. kind of things definitely. but but that, does that, does that give you happiness?
1: You know what I'm saying? Freedom. You're lacking freedom. Freedom. That's, that's the word. That's what we Does that give you for. freedom? Yeah.
0: Uh, do you want to be confined to that relationship of like, you know, you know how this person is, uh, are you going to confine to it or are you going to be a kind of person you're going to live the rest of your life to that confinement? Mm-hmm. Or is there freedom that like, you know, you can go somewhere else?
1: Like not. That's their issue and not yeah, yours. Not like, yours. Go your they, you yeah. go your own way. I feel and, like that's a key too to relationships is because I remember in my marriage, I felt I just wanted to feel free. Like, I just felt like I didn't feel that freedom.
0: Uh, Define definition of freedom in a marriage.
1: Um, I just felt like I was living life for him. Trying to comfort him and, like, make him happy. And it's just, like, I didn't have a lot of my own freedom, like, just to be myself and, like, live my own life and what I wanted to do. Like, what are the needs I had? You know, like, I didn't have... I don't know. I just kept having that thought in my mind. Like, God, I just... Not freedom to go, like off with some other guy it was a freedom of just living how i wanted to live like I like if you I was,
0: wanted to go somewhere you can go somewhere if you want without
1: having to ask and or I... like be like uh do you want to go or oh you don't really want to go okay maybe i should stay home you know like that kind of stuff like yeah you don't really and... like to go a lot of places but i do so what am i supposed to do here like am i supposed to sit here and coddle you and make you feel better and like live your hermit life or am i supposed to go out and do my own thing like i want to live okay sorry yeah. we're, we're going on a tangent Should, we're, we're we have about minutes. 10 more minutes <laughs> no it's going to cut off at five at 55 59. oh 50 so, okay
0: so we have about any last thoughts on some? that and we'll just let the okay so up. like i mean i totally understand what you were saying from your perspective and uh i understand too like nikki at the same time when i was married to her like she kind of did some things that you know i guess they were trying to pertain to me and vice versa but oh man times got rough and hard for the both of us yeah and and, and same and for you things like got tougher
1: and that all boils down to attachment
0: yeah the attachment because
1: you're you were attached to her I mean you were attached to your marriage I mean we all get attached I mean that's what we we say our and the
0: significance of, of attached
1: know. to what you know like how, pleasing our partner and mm-hmm.
0: To debt do his part. And,
1: you know, and we probably. feel like we have to live a certain way. And it's this attachment to way, the way we should live. And That's like,
0: another conversation I'd like to have. That yeah. whole...
1: How we should live. Yeah. The like, should word.
0: To <laughs> have and to hold. To sickness and health. It's like, man, sometimes I feel like... I,
1: did don't I, want, did I,
0: I were, fucking sign up for this? I know. Like, when we were,
1: were, we were watching The Crown and we oh, saw yeah, that.
0: Yeah, yeah, we saw and the And their vows, it was like... Yeah.
1: I vowed to obey you. Oh, yeah, queen, she
0: said that. The she said, I vowed that. to obey you. And I was like, you could tell she was hesitant yeah, about it. Like, she I got tears about, in her eyes. But that's
1: and, not how it worked in their marriage anyway, because no, he okay. had to obey her, really. Yeah, because she was the queen. Yeah, so yeah. it was really so, like, weird. There was just a different, yeah, that
0: that's, for any of you guys who've seen The, the Queen or The, the crown, crown, the first season, like, you can tell there was that that intimacy of, like, like the she, woman
1: felt like you had to obey the man, she didn't but in want this, to say she that. was like, "Wait a second, but I'm about I'm about to be about the queen." To be the queen <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying? Like, and then once she became queen, and he
1: couldn't things change.
0: It. Yes, he couldn't. I mean, I haven't seen the other episodes.
1: He doesn't. He has a he hard doesn't.
0: time. Yeah. Okay, well, I've noticed that, like in, <laughs> in the other episodes, like when her die, when when the king died, and yeah, and he was just like, like oh, shit. Yeah, "I can't like, be myself." Like, and yeah, he have can't be Yeah, because she's the queen, and
1: I feel bad for him. Because as a woman, you feel like in this society, you have to feel like you have to support your husband and do whatever. I mean, that's how I felt in my marriage. And so he is on the opposite. Like, he's like, oh, my God, this my wife's a queen and I have to support and I have her. To, yeah, I have
0: to. Oh, I boom. can't
1: do my. He yeah. wanted to be he in the, the Navy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
0: I have to see the rest of that. And it was good. Thank yeah. you for like, <laughs> we watched two episodes watched it, last yeah. night. I was hooked. Like, yeah. You're attached but, I was
1: attached, <laughs> but that
0: was season one. Like I was attached when I saw the the previews to season four with Margaret Thatcher. Like I was like, and it is the, a really good show. The it's actress a, who plays her, like it's it was a just, very
1: you, you learn a lot about history and stuff. Like I'm still oh, yeah, amazed at things I've learned through all the yeah. seasons. But anyway, um, the root of suffering is attachment, and it's something we're always struggling with—not being too attached to things—and just remember. Material things don't go with you when you die, but your exactly. lessons I'm do. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, Your lessons, your go, lessons with
0: you, so. go with you. Even if they go with you into another realm, your lessons go with, within your family, your kids, You're the right. people you it's, influence. It's in your DNA. Yeah, so yeah it gets the, your energy. Gets passed down. Your energy gets dispersed. Yes, you know? definitely. And that goes to all the great leaders. Energy of, and
1: your actual DNA, all kinds of ways. So.
0: Anybody who's a leader and you can say, I mean... The great leaders, whether it's an NBA player to Gandhi to Martin Luther King to uh, just anyone who's the king, King Philip, uh, you know, uh, Queen Elizabeth, anyways. like Saddam Hussein, people liked him, you know, they believed in him. They, I mean, there are people who believe Jesus. I mean, there's so many people who, John Lennon, I mean, whatever, you know, Hugo Chavez, I mean, all these people, people supported those people. Yeah. So they had some type of like I don't like using that word either. Power, um they had this this energy that ex- that was it's ex- expressed and exposed to other people and it just yeah. And there's always two, sometimes three sides to everything oh, yeah, in every totally. person. So people are for this person. People are against this person. I mean, we've it just seen that. It doesn't make anybody bad. It doesn't. We've seen that in just the American political election. I know. We can go yeah, all into election, that. But we're not that getting happened. political no, here.
1: We're not. We're living.
0: In the moment.
1: In the moment. And growing the best way we can to our best version of ourselves, And that means Loving Be and accepting
0: everybody. Loving in their opinions, and
1: so. accepting everybody. Yeah. All right, we're gonna cut it sign off. Sign out because we thought we were gonna do this for thirty minutes, and it's fifty-one minutes now. So, yeah. all right, guys, thanks for listening.
0: Yes, thank you very much. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.